pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for being in this place and touching us with your presence and with your spirit and speaking to us. Holy Spirit, we love you so very much. We love you. And we just ask for the spirit of revelation to come in and to speak to us and move in us powerfully tonight. Holy Spirit, I just, more of your presence is why we're here. This is the highlight that your presence would be here. Your highlight of the night is that you come in your love and you come in your joy and you come and that's why we love you so much. We thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Name of Jesus, amen. Um, that's a little loud. Uh, I just, man, when we were worshiping, I just heard God saying that His Word is living and active. And I thought about that, like when we were praising Him in, you know, whether it be presence or this is how I fight my battles, I'm just sitting here thinking, His Word is living and active. And what that saying is, is that when we read His Word or even when He speaks His Word, it never dies. It never gets old. Right? And so it, it, never, it never is like, oh man, that doesn't work anymore, right? You know, that's 2,000 years old. That doesn't work anymore. That's what our, I just heard God saying, I'm so alive that you can take hold of what I have done and I'm still alive and I am still active and I'm still moving and this is powerful and that I want to move in you in my word. I want to move that way. And I just, for us tonight, I think that's what he's saying in his word. He's saying, my promises. And what I, I was reading this week, uh, I guess I should look at my notes. I was, I was reading this week, and uh, for some reason I felt like I should start reading Luke. And as I was reading Luke, I, I, I've, I'm reading in the Passion Translation right now, just because I've grown up in like New King James and stuff, that's all the stuff I've memorized and I've read the whole Bible and that and stuff like that. But then I've switched kind of to the Passion Translation because it's like getting out of the old ruts and you read things new and you know, you're like, oh wow. And so when you put it in different words, sometimes it jumps out to you. And so I've been reading the Passion Translation. And Luke 1, uh, Luke 1 verse 37, is that this is when... Um, Right, and this is in the period where the angel comes to Mary, and then, uh, and then uh, Elizabeth, and all that stuff like that. And the angel, or uh, in this, they say there. It's like in this long prophecy and stuff, and it just jumped out at me. Verse thirty-seven. It says, "Not one promise from God is empty of power." Nothing is impossible with God. And that just jumped out at me. Think about it, guys. Not one promise that God has ever made is empty of power. That's saying that his, every word that comes out of God's mouth is so full of power that it creates. When God spoke the universe into existence, it had to be created because God spoke. When God speaks, He creates in us. He creates doors and he creates opportunities. He creates power. No, nothing that God says has ever carried, has ever been empty. And that is just, and that, you may be like, oh yeah, that's great. That's really great. No, no, that's amazing. 
Like, God, everything that God has said, every promise that He has is full of power. And it's alive. And it's active. And it's ready to be engaged in our lives. But, but and all week long, all week long, I've been thinking about when God speaks. Like when He speaks, He creates. When He speaks, He moves things. When He speaks, everything shakes. In, in, the, in the Hebrew, when it talked about that God walked among the garden, you know, He would come and He'd walk in the garden and walk with, and talk with Adam and Eve. In the Greek, I mean in the Hebrew, it talks about when He would walk, the, the nuances of the word in the garden, that it, everything would everything would come to attention. Like ever, the ground would shake around him because the creation he made was responding to his presence. And so I was thinking about when God speaks, what happens? And, when God, and, what it, and why it's so important for us to listen to his words that are living and active. Because this is what it is. Let me just lay out a few things. If you're a Christian, you kids hear this. You listen, Jordan? If you're a Christian, then you hear God's voice, or you can hear God's voice, right? Because Jesus said in John 10, my sheep will hear my voice, and I know each one, and they will follow me. Now he's saying, if you're one of my sheep, I will speak to you, and you'll hear my voice. So you can hear God today, Right? Here's a side note. This is what's so beautiful. So, and it says, I will give them the gift of eternal life and they will not be lost and no, no one has the power to snatch them out of my hands. And this is what Jesus says. He says, my Father who has given them to me as a gift is the mightiest of all and no one has the power to snatch them out of the Father's care. What Jesus said, listen Jordan, what Jesus said was, my sheep hear my voice. And my dad, God, gave them to me as a gift. That means we are actually a gift to Jesus. And that's me- that just kind of messes you up. You know, you're like, oh, we're just here to serve you and all this stuff and thank you for saving us, right? But then Jesus is saying to his disciples and when he's teaching, he says, actually, you're my gift. You're my prize. I came here and I died so that I could have my gift, and that's you. You're the present that Jesus got. You're what he was so excited about. The joy set before him is why he went through the cross. It's because he was like, hot dog, I want them. They are my gift. That's, and so Jesus, Jesus, Jesus deserves his prize. That's just a side note. That was free. I'm not going to charge you for that one. <laughs> but here's the deal. Jesus said he came to reveal the Father, to give us an example, and show us how to live. And what a, a life. Jesus showed two, uh, two essences. He said, what would it look like if someone had no sin and was full of the Holy Spirit. Jesus lived it. 
And now that our sin as far as the east is from the west and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we have our format. But Jesus said, and I love this, He says, I speak to you eternal truth. This is John 5. The Son is unable to do anything for Himself His own initiative. I only do the works that I see the Father doing. For the Son does the same works as His Father. And what Jesus was saying, He's going, I can't do anything that I do. I'm, this isn't me. This isn't, this isn't me working this up. He's saying, I stay in communication with the Father and everything that He does and everything that He says and everything that He's doing, I copycat it and that's what I do. And you see what the life that Jesus lived, the power and the love and the sacrifice is that that's what the Father was doing and He was, he was doing the same thing. If Jesus lived in that kind of communication, communion, and relationship, then we're called to the same. We're called to say, I do nothing of myself. We are actually called to say, people may go, why are you doing that? Because that's what the Father is saying about you right now. Um, here's the deal. So, and just to define, like Jesus also said in John 16, when He, the Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit that has come and lives inside of us, has come, He will guide you into the truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. I mean, some people believe that, you know, God doesn't speak today or whatever, you know, we're not going to get into that because they should just read their Bible. But, um, He's saying the Holy Spirit's going to come. And the Holy Spirit's going to do the same as I've done. That He's going to see what God is saying and He's going to say it to you. And, he does, and He's like, He's not going to do anything but say what God is saying to you. And that is, and Jesus was showing, your life is supposed to be a life of communication and listening with the Father. And then... The greatest proof for that is Acts 2. And I'll shift and change. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my maidservants, and on my men servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall all prophesy. And to prophesy means that they are hearing what God is saying over a situation or a person or an instance and they are speaking those things out. And they are saying, you're all supposed to prophesy. That means that we are all called to hear and to speak what God is speaking. So let me just, let me just say this. the way that that communication is to be carried out is in these verses. Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. 
here's, this is what's so amazing. I was, I've just learned this recently and I didn't know this. Abba, the word Abba for Abba Father is an Aramaic word. But everything written around it in Romans was Greek. Abba in Aramaic literally means Papa or Daddy God, right? And when Paul was writing this, he said, there's no word in Greek that can really exhibit the kind of relationship to Father God than in the Aramaic. What he is saying is because the Greeks saw God as this weird big guy figure thing. And he's like, no, it's not like that. You guys don't even have a word for what I'm trying to tell you the relationship you're supposed to have. He's saying, I'm going to write all of this in Greek, but then when I get to the moment that I describe your relationship with God, I'm going to use an Aramaic word that literally means it's your papa, it's your daddy. And then I'm going to go back to Greek. That's amazing. He could not describe the relationship that we'd have in Greek. He had to use a totally different language because they didn't have a word for it. And he's saying, your relationship with Papa God, that's what you're supposed to have. It's not this scary big guy or whatever. Obviously, there's honor even with a parent, but he's saying you're supposed to come in like children and you're supposed to love him and come to him. And it also, in... um. In Galatians 4, 6, he did the exact same thing. And so that we would know that we are his children, God released the spirit of sonship into our hearts, moving us to cry intimately, my father, my true father. That's the Passion Translation. And in the, uh, in the um, New King James, it uses Abba, Father. Is that he's, he's, and Jesus himself, when he prayed, he said, Abba, Father, because he was showing this is the relationship that I have with God, that God speaks to me in that way. Not in this, oh, you've got to do this or I shall banish thee, you know? But actually of going, my son, look, I love this person so much. And Jesus was led to them. Imagine God, imagine Jesus going up onto the mountain after ministering to people and going, God, what are you doing right now? What are you saying right now? What is your heart right now? And God going, there's this guy and he's living out there in these tombs naked and they can't tie him up and he's possessed and I love him so much. I want him to be free so much. And Jesus goes, that's where I'm going. And he sets out the next day and he goes off and he frees the man. Is it because they were like, oh man, you're right. That guy is the bomb. I love him so much too. I'm going to go set him free. Ever, Jesus was led. If you look at the paths that Jesus took, they were so sporadic. Why? Because he was being led by the Spirit. And it was that, it was that sonship. And so when Jesus is saying for the same for you, is that he's going, you're supposed to come into this sonship where you cry, Papa, what are you saying? What are you doing? Because then when God comes in and when he speaks into our lives, he creates when we're in that loving relationship and he goes, this is what I want to do. And when he says it, he gives us the power to do it. And that's when he talks about that he gives grace. Grace is not just undeserved favor. It is the power to do something you could not previously do before the grace and the word came. 
So when he speaks to us and we're in communication with him and he speaks to us and he says, this is my heart and this, I wanted, if he says, you know, oh, I've got cancer, whatever. And he speaks to you and says, I want to heal that in that moment. Now there is suddenly a grace and a power to complete that thing because you couldn't previously do it, but now that it had been released to you, it could because he was, he spoke it. And so I'm not going to spend a lot of time. Really tonight we have other things that are more important that God's doing. But I felt like we needed to hear this tonight. Because there's things happening in our lives and there's situations and and, and good things and bad things and all these things of life, right? And, And what tonight we needed to hear is when Jesus never responded to the devil. He only did what the Father was doing. See, if Jesus walked into a town and he's like, oh my gosh, they have a terrible problem here. I'm going to have to do something about it. Then he's constantly chasing what the devil is doing. And the devil can just make problems over here and keep him chasing it, right? But what Jesus was going, where are you, Father? What are you saying? What are you doing? Where am I going? What is this? He was constantly led. You saw it all the time. His disciples are like, no, you can't go to Jerusalem. And he goes, no, I'm going. They were responding to the devil, but Jesus was responding to the Father. And it's no different in our lives. Whether good things are happening, bad things are happening, it's the same instance of we go, Father God, what are you saying? What are you doing? Where is your heart? And that's what we do, no matter what's happening. Because we can't be shaken and we can't be influenced by exterior things. We have to follow his heart. Dawson and I talk about this all the time. As we pray for our communities and we know all the bad stuff that's going on and all these things, we constantly are like, man, we can't just see bad things and pray for them to stop. We have to say, what is God doing in our communities? What is he saying over these lives? Yeah, they're on drugs, but they have a destiny. So we have to find out what's the destiny so that we release release grace to them to live in it. Because he said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people and they will all prophesy. And what he is saying is, I'm going to pour my authority out that when I say you were meant to be a man of God and when you prophesy that to them, you release the power that I have in heaven to release them and open them up into their destiny because I want every single one of you releasing my grace to the world. That's why we're all supposed, that's why Paul said, desire spiritual gifts, but more than that, desire prophecy. Because prophecy is when we speak what God is speaking and there's grace upon it and it opens up the impossible. Here's the deal. It's kind of like, you know when you're reading, like, okay, the type of Bible that Jesus' words are in red. They're the same words, but there's something different upon them. Bear with me on what I'm, the analogy I'm making here. Is that those words are in red and you're like, oh, wow, those are powerful. Those are Jesus' words, you know? You know, you're like, oh, red, you know? You see them differently. You're like, oh, it's the words. Thank God. I'm out of just the black ones. That's not a racist joke. But anyway, so 
He's going, and so you're like, oh, wow, there's something upon those words. It's, a lot of times, often it's just because of our view, but a lot, we're like, oh, wow, the red words. Here's the thing, is that when God speaks, and then we repeat what He is saying, all of heaven comes attention. It's like when something originates from the heavenly realm, and God says, I'm going to tell Dawson what I want to do for this person. And then when, God, uh, when Dawson speaks it, everything in creation and every demon and every angel recognizes that's from heaven. That has to be completed. Everything comes to attention because of its origin. And so what it's like for us when there's grace upon our words is that we say, you know, you're going to have a financial breakthrough or you're going to have a healing or something is that it's like our words are turned red and that there's a grace upon them and it releases people. Because, you know, we've all done it, right? We all have had people either in our lives or we've done it where we're like, I declare this is going to happen over your life. And nothing happens for whatever reasons, right? You know, and lots of people save different things and all sorts of different stuff and it doesn't actually come to pass. Because the difference is, is where is the word originating? And what is on your words? Is there grace upon our words to empower people to do what they could not previously do? And that's why he's calling us all to prophesy because he's saying, I want to release what I have for people. Let me just real quickly before we finish this up is that I want to just run through these verses. Y'all listen because this is powerful. 1 Corinthians 14, it says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you would prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who prophesies edifies the church. And then uh, 1 Timothy 4 says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy and with the laying on of hands of the eldership. And he's, Paul is speaking to Timothy and he's going, There's a gift inside of you and it was given to you by prophecy and laying on of hands. And just like in Acts 13... Uh, in the church of Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. The uh, Prophets and teachers and evangelists and apostles, all of those functioned inside of the church. It was a normal thing for the church. First uh, Thessalonians says, Do not quench the spirit, nor, do, nor despise prophecies. Test all things, hold fast to what is good, abstain from what is evil. What he's saying is going, okay, if somebody comes to you, they give you a word or they give you a prophecy or whatever or they're like this is what I feel God's saying of you because God is infinitely perfect but he wants to actually partner with not perfect people sometimes it's not a hundred percent it doesn't come off a hundred percent well you know what I mean sometimes we stumble through it a little bit but he's saying it's okay don't despise it yeah people mess up but it's just like riding a bike they're going to figure it out What's good in there, take it. What's not good in there, you can leave that behind. But there's probably something good in what they're saying. 
Hold to what is good. Test those things, and once you refine it, you go, this is good, this is not, and you take what I'm saying. Don't just throw out the whole thing. Um, and the last thing is, I got to read this story. This is so funny. This is a funny story. We need something funny right now. Luke 9. This is Jesus and the disciples. So funny. Let me just read. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered the, a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command down fire to come down from heaven and consume them just like Elijah? I mean, they were fired up. But he, did, but he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know of what manner spirit you are of. For some man did not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. Short of the story is, what had the disciples seen that they truly believed they could rain down fire from above? And what's even more funny is, Jesus didn't say they couldn't. Am I wrong? He didn't say, guys, God's not that big. We can't rain down fire from heaven. He didn't go, guys, you've got too much faith. That's just too much. He actually didn't say they couldn't rain down fire from heaven. <laughs> but he, it was Jesus was going, I like your passion. I like your faith. But we need to adjust the spirit you're living out of a little bit. <laughs> I'm not here to do that, right? I'm not here to blow people up. I, I want to love them, okay? Let's, let's take a course correction here. But in all reality, he didn't go, no, that's too much power or whatever. Like they had seen so many amazing things that they were like, oh, dude, just give us the word. And we're about to blow that town up. <laughs> they probably would have. But Jesus was like, hold up. You don't know the spirit you're of. And what he was saying is, you can have good intentions, you can be very fired up, but you can actually see the world through a wrong spirit and try to do things for God out of that wrong spirit. And you can be like, I'm going to prophesy this thing over your life. Okay. Are you just saying that because you really want that to happen to that person? Are you saying that because you overheard a conversation that their marriage was in trouble and so you're going to prophesy this thing? Did God actually tell you to do that or are you just doing that because you're like, oh, I feel like I can. You know, is that he's just saying, check the spirit that you're of. Stay close to my heart. Listen to what I'm saying. And when you do mess it up, in the Old Testament, you judge the prophet. And the prophet had to be 100% right or you stoned him. In the New Testament, he says, judge the prophecy, not the prophesier. As he said, I'm no longer here to condemn people. If somebody prophesies and they mess it up, go, your prophecy, uh, it's the wrong spirit on it. Or, I don't know, I think half of that was good, half of that was not. Mm, okay, but you're good. You're loved. 
keep doing it. You got at least 50% right. Let's go for 60 next time. He's saying, we don't actually judge the profit anymore. We go, you just need to grow up a little bit. You just need to learn. And so that's what he's saying with prophecy. And so I think it's so important. Let me just kind of sum it up. Is that it's so important that we stay in our relationship with God. But it's so important that we go, God, what are you saying about this person? What are you saying over this thing? Because when he speaks, then we can actually release that word that can actually break that person out of where they're at, right? And we do that by prophesying to them. And we do that and we hear from God. And as a community, as we step that, it's just like riding a bike. You got to learn. Jesus, it says that they're spiritual gifts, that means they're not determinant on your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I forgot now the word. Um, on, they're not determinant on your maturity, just on your sonship. Right? You can be saved today and tomorrow God can give you a gift. That doesn't mean you know how to use the gift because you have to grow up in maturity, but it's a gift. Because you have fruits of the Spirit, and that takes time to grow. But a gift, he can go, I'll give you that. We see it all the time. Is that somebody's just gotten saved, and we go, what is God saying to that person right there? And they can be like, oh, this. Doesn't mean they've got very mature, but it does mean that, that God gave them that gift. And so... Um, the last, this is, a, this is a quote from a book that I read that I loved. I'm going to end basically with this. Is prophecy, prophecy is a three-part process of revelation, interpretation, and application. Like scripture, prophecy can be misunderstood, misinterpreted, or poorly applied. Right? What he's saying is, it takes two people, the person who's getting prophesied, the person who's prophesying, and the person who's actually receiving it. How you receive a word from the Lord actually determines the power that you receive from it. So one person may give a perfectly good prophecy, but if the person doesn't receive it, then there's not going to be power on it because they didn't accept it. Or they could interpret it wrong and it not be 100% right just the way they interpreted it. Or they can be like, heck yeah, that means I have freedom to do anything I want, and they apply it wrong. Right? So there's, it's three parts. It is revelation, interpretation, and application. Um, and I'm not going to get into tonight of how God speaks, but everybody, God speaks to you in your own language and in your ways because he wants a relationship with you. It's not like there's going to be a thundering voice in your head and you won't even be able to hear yourself think. No. It's he comes in a still voice that sounds like your own. And you go, was that God? Well, it was a better thought than I could have thought up, so it was probably God. You know? And, and you learn, and, and whether that's thoughts or whether that's feelings or inclinations or even things that you see that you're like, 
why is it moving me so much when I see this image or this person or, or this thing in nature or this movie or something? And I'm like, what is this? And it's God saying, I want to speak to you through this. Let that soak in. And so there's many different things that we can, that, that, that's so much more. But um, tonight I wanted to emphasize that we need to hear God. And we need God to speak. And we need God because there's no promise from God that is empty of power. Right? Yes. And so we need to go, Father God, this is where I'm at. What are you saying? Because if I'm walking down the street and somebody gets highlighted to me, it just means I catch my eye and I'm like, oh, what's that about? Is that the pro- I can go, Father, what are you saying about that person? And he may be saying, man, I just love that person. Or they're supposed to be, you know, they're supposed to play an instrument. Or they're supposed to this. Or I, I want to break them free of depression. Or I want whatever he is saying. And when you get that, you go, oh. And when you say, bro, this is what God's saying about you. It releases that ability for them to step into it. Whether it's organizations, whether it's cities or countries or people or things in our lives or issues, God is saying something about it. And so our processing is, God, what are you saying? What are you speaking? How can I release that to them? So what I want us to do, we've, uh, we've got some things that we've got to pray and war on tonight. A um, couple of things, maybe more, is one of them is we're going to pray for Susie. She's having some medical issues, um, and we're going to, maybe we'll even take a video of us praying for her and send it to her or something like that. I feel like we're supposed to do something like that, but we're going to pray for her, for healing, and for restoration. Um, and we're going to ask what Father God is saying. And that's what we're going to release to her, right? So I believe he wants to touch that. Um, we're going to pray for Donna. <laughs> we're going to ask what Father God is saying. There's, she's having some issues with their business. Um, we don't need to know all those things. We just need to know what God is saying. Because we're not going to respond to the devil, right? And, and really, and I want to open up for anybody else or anything to... We're going to do those things because we know we need to do those. But there's also, I want us to play one song and we're going to worship and we're going to ask Father God to say what he's saying, right? Whether that's to us or if it's to another person here or maybe somebody who's not even here. And we're going to ask God, what are you saying? And when he gives you that word, you need to go and tell that person or pray for that thing or whatever it is, right? And be obedient in that. And if... And so that's the first thing. And if there's anything in our lives that needs a breakthrough, if there's anything in our lives that needs a healing, if there's anything that needs a touch from God, any request that we have, Papa God wants to touch it. Right? So we're going to worship one song. We're going to let him speak wherever your heart is. And then we're going to open up for ministry. We are going to pray for these things and anything else, okay?